G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz, and this is episode number 62 of the Outback Mine podcast. Talking fatherhood again today, uh, it's been a really, um, I suppose, popular topic on this podcast to talk about fatherhoods. We've had a few guests on that have gone into their um, into their own experiences and so forth and what they're actually doing to help others. Today's guest, um, Daniel Norwich, uh, is uh, part of an organisation called Hero, uh, which basically helps new dads to reclaim their physical and mental well-being. Um, a lot of us, uh, when we, we experience fatherhood, we pretty much fall off the off the horse quite quickly, um, our physical health suffers, we sort of get a bit sluggish, we don't get much sleep, we lack motivation, all those types of things, and our mental health can really follow that, we're losing sleep and, and all the things that, uh, that go along with that. So certainly uh, Daniel and his partner, uh, who's been on this podcast before, Paul Gleaser, are really passionate about trying to uh, support new fathers out there. Uh, Daniel in particular has got an amazing story. He travelled the world looking at, um, I suppose, various uh, forms of well-being and fitness and so forth. He's a movement specialist and he really knows how to use the body well, functionally, uh, and also to be able to get the body working more in harmony. And um, he's got some great tips, tricks and knowledge to, to discuss with us. But also, uh, Daniel lost a, a child um, uh, in its infancy years ago and... Uh, we're going to talk about that, how that affected his well-being. Uh, I know some of the listeners um, have experienced that as well. So, um, yeah, please, if you find this um, a little bit, uh, a little bit difficult, uh, just just listen at your own time. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to be able to take a lot away from uh, Daniel's wisdom with regards to his own experience. Just want to make special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals, who make green organic superfoods uh, that support our physical and mental health. Please support them, check them out, greennutritionals.com.au and also Pure Life Bakery uh, who makes sprouted breads which are great for our digestion and if our digestion is working well, then our physical and mental health uh, is better. So I really encourage you to check them out. Their breads are available all around Australia, purelifebakery.com.au. All right, we'll uh, get Dan along and uh, get into our conversation. Daniel Norwich, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Uh, I think we're going to have a pretty, uh, pretty deep chat about all things fatherhood, but also all things being a man and moving the body and all those types of things that we need to do as humans to keep ourselves physically and mentally well. And I know there's lots of guys listening to this, which will, uh, will benefit from this conversation, mate. So really grateful for you uh, coming along, having a chat. Yeah, looking forward to, uh, to unpacking some great topics. So tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you were brought up, your, your journey um, through schooling and obviously trying to get into your passion, which I believe you, you know, you're really doing now and thriving and sort of how life evolved for you uh, up until um, today, I guess, the first day of the new financial year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, well, I grew up in Melbourne and um, I always had a very obvious passion and I guess skill set uh, that I trained up, which was just sport in general, just absolutely obsessed with it. That's all I really wanted to do and how I wanted to spend my time. Um, it was nurtured from my family and school to a degree. Um, 
and uh, I'm grateful for the opportunities I had, you know, playing AFL football, or not AFL football, but playing football, yeah. <laughs> juniors, and as I got older too, um, it just had a great passion for movement. Um, friends used to say I had uh, a great case of white line fever, so stepping over to that white, stepping over that white line, I really used to just let myself go and um, just give my all, and I was so passionate about doing that and uh, playing together in a team, and uh, I demanded like a very high standard of myself, and um, I really pushed myself to be the best that I could be and wanted to take my team along with me as well. Mm. Uh, sometimes I did that uh, beneficially, sometimes not. And uh, I used to get a good talking to from friends and family about how to be a leader and how to play in a team. And I learned a lot because I was so demanding on myself. I transferred that onto others as well. And that was just a great learning experience that we're all quite different. We all have different skill sets and abilities and just to be respectful of where everyone's at. Mm. Um, I learned that at a very early age by being in the sporting domain. And uh, that's really supported me with, you know, everything I do now is just recognising, um, you know, we're all at different levels in our journeys and uh, with different abilities, different skill sets, different ways of doing, doing things. Mm. But just being able to be respectful of our differences is really how to bring great unity along and also learn and grow. And so I've been really lucky just to work with great people, learn from great people, many amazing traveling experiences in my early 20s and uh, working in a family business for many, many years up until 2010. And in 2010, I just had this recognition that the, the life I was living and the work that I was doing wasn't actually in line with my skills and passions, which had always been about sport and working with people, and um, and just learning and developing in a in a team um, in a team circumstance. And so, in 2010, I left a very cushy lifestyle behind and, and a great job with great potential to uh, take some time and just spend some time learning about myself and spend some time just deciding what was going to be what was going to come next. And, uh, Ended up travelling to India, as um, lots of people do, but I always had this fascination that I wanted to spend some time there and I left my partner at the time, who happens to be my wife now. I just did six weeks and uh, met some great people, did some um, extraordinary things, uh, some alternative practices, some conventional practices, but learnt a lot about myself and uh, where I was at. And since 2010 up until now, I've been uh, travelling a lot. Um, obviously, things have changed since COVID hit, but uh, for seven years or so, I was on the road and travelling with uh, a great community, um, living in India, being in Sweden, being in the UK, being all, all different parts of, of the world and just learning from different people and spending time in communities, which is not something I'd ever really wanted to do or thought that that's the life I wanted to live. But uh, I felt that that's how I thrived, by learning from other people's experiences. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, really relished that. And then coming back and spending a bit more time in Melbourne and laying some roots here, um, I've just been developing this online work and private coaching in the realm of physical fitness, mental fitness, and just lifestyle design. So I can learn, but also support people through uh, my own growth and development. And uh, that takes us to where we are now, working with Paul on our Hero Dad program, which is supporting dads just to be the best that they can be so they can be great role models for their kids. Mm, that's beautifully said, mate. Really, really um 
tremendous to hear that that journey uh we a lot of us go to india searching for answers i, I was one of them and um <laughs> i often describe now um with all of the the influence and so forth that we go on that's going on with life and all the distractions it's just like walking through a street in delhi we've got people trying to sell you shit um, we, we, we have we have bombardment consistently you know with information and people trying to get our attention and so forth but I just uh, I just shut off to it like I would as if I was walking down a street in uh, Mumbai or Delhi or part of India you know and that's what I'm sort of trying to help people understand you don't have to be uh, to be engaged with all the uh, all the noise that's going on out there Dan but I was just going to ask you what were you doing up until 2010 so I was working in a family business, um, and that was from 2003 to 2010, and um, family business is still going and going strong, and my brother and uh, my father and my uncle were all involved, and uh, I was working, you know, really I started from, from the ground up and working in the warehouse, unloading containers, very physical work, and that was perfect at the time of my life where I was at, mm. and then uh, progressed in the role to uh, working in sales and relationships and uh, learnt a lot, and, uh, you know, my family were, were great in what they do, and uh, I got some great value from being there, but it just didn't connect with the lifestyle to live and the um the passions and skills that that i had i i kind of was running away from that because i just didn't think i could make something of myself you know using my passions and skills and uh i really feel like in many respects just being led around by the desire for for material wealth and um financial security was driving my decision making and uh at one point it just got a bit too much and i realized that i wasn't loving what i was doing and i didn't have a lot of energy for it mm. and uh, i knew a change was needed and uh, i just had that trust that if i make that jump and that leap into the abyss um you know that's how i'll get to know if, you know what, what's possible and i just had never done that and i uh, had great support around me to, to dump in including from family um but it, it was a big step and a big jump but uh, i'm so grateful i made it and so grateful for all i received from that opportunity that i, I had for seven years with them you should be really proud for having the courage to do that. I reckon a lot of guys are on the fence consistently about you know, what, what's, what their heart's saying to them and what their head's saying to them. So the head would be saying to you, stay in this, it's easy, you know, you're getting money, you're going to be rewarded, but your heart's saying there's more for me in this life. And um, many guys uh, are, really, are really unhappy in, in, in a lot of ways. They've gone into a role or they've gone into a life where they're not feeling nourished and fulfilled, and something's calling them to, to a higher, um, a higher, a higher place. And you know, I had to do the same. I had to make some pretty, pretty um, challenging decisions and changes to, to to come to where I am now. But if I hadn't have done that, I would have probably stayed in a in a mindset of what if, and, and not been you know, able to be fulfilled and happy at the same time. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about you know how to achieve that as the, as the conversation goes on. But um, I guess you know what happens with us as guys, we go through the education system and we sort of come out the other side. We're a little bit uncertain. We're we're put into fear. Um, that fear sort of makes us uh, be reactive rather than proactive, and that reactive mm -hmm. mindset sort of takes us into the easy life of. Um, of getting into something which is comfortable and um, uh, I suppose to move out of uh, what it is that we're not enjoying and getting into a life that we uh, that we really want we've got to try and you know um, get comfortable being uncomfortable and challenging ourselves would you agree 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I mean, living in the discomfort is how to find great comfort. And I've been learning that for, you know, since, since 2010, because uh, I, I enjoy the comforts of, of my life before that. But um, I mean, being that comfortable, uh, it, it could have kind of put a pause to what I really wanted to do. Mm. And, um, and now stepping into that discomfort, which I feel like I do every day now, um, it, it's quite liberating and freeing and exhilarating. And a lot of the time it feels like overwhelming, but uh, I just know it's a great teaching for me mm. that uh, I can choose to, to go for it. I can choose to retract back. And, um, and every time I have that choice, it's just exciting that it's become choiceless. It's just about jumping in and just going for it and learning from mistakes and always growing and, and just never feeling like I'm going the wrong way. Mm. And um, and everything's a great opportunity to learn. So I've got great people who support me in that. And my wife is probably the number one support for me in that because she just has that great trust too. And so I've just been really lucky to just be open to her support and feedback about, about you know, what's possible. And um, and that's what I love about you know, the relationship that we have. It's just mm. a, one of mutual support. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, you are, you are quite blessed. Uh, to, to have a partner that, uh, that you've been able to really align with and, um, mm. and to be able to, you know, sort of feed and bounce off each other when you need to. And she's obviously really keen to help you progress and uh, and do things that you really enjoy doing. And uh, for her, um, you know, keeping keeping in a family business and have that dollars coming through would have been would have been nice. But if, you know, a husband's being fulfilled and he's thriving and he's happy, then all of a sudden, you know, the relationship starts to be, become stronger and stronger, I, I believe. That's, that's for sure. And... Um, I guess a lot of us, uh, as guys, we, we, we're in relationships and we sort of are just the breadwinners in, in lots of ways and, uh, and that can become comfortable, but unless we're really doing things to challenge ourselves, we, um, we don't really become fulfilled. And I, I, I think with, with what you're doing with regards to your movement uh, training and so forth is giving guys some accountability and some, some education on how to, you know, use the body to settle the mind to be able to sort of get back to that sense of peace and balance. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, my story is unique in and of itself, just like anyone else's. And, um, you know, how, how can, you know, I help other people step out into the discomfort and, and give them the opportunity to thrive? And that might be with how we move our bodies or how we use our speech or um, how we settle our mind and what lifestyle habits we bring into our life so we can be you know, just take care of ourselves and take care of our relationships and and nurture our, our kids. And um, I just think there's so many solutions there when, you know, just intelligence is opened up and, um, and just getting creative to what's possible. I feel like I was so limited and had such, you know, narrow parameters with how I used, um, you know, my mind and my skills. And uh, I think that's just been opened up just naturally through learning from other people with, with where they're at and then trying to find solutions together. And sometimes it can be just the simplest thing and the slightest tweak that can make the biggest impact. And uh, we talk a lot about, um, you know, how we use technology, especially when the kids are around. And it's like, it's so easy to bring it into in all environments because it's always so freely with us. But it's like, can we put it to the side? And what's the impact of doing that? And I try and practice that every day, just putting technology in the side so I can be present with the family and it's just as simple as like putting a, a little place where you walk in the door and put your phone down and then it's just done 
And uh, I mean, that's just a simple example of like little things that we can each do every day to, you know, upgrade our, our life and our relationships and um, and how we look after ourselves. Mm. And that, that's around movement and lifestyle and nutrition and, and countless other things too. Mm. Yeah, well, well said. It's interesting, like you, you're journeying off to India and sort of leaving that uh, comfortable relationship and all those sorts of things, but... What was happening is your third eye, uh, which a lot of people mightn't understand, is your intuition basically was starting to open up. And uh, by going to a foreign environment and seeing cultures which are living spiritually and living more from the heart, um, it was really drawing you to uh, a higher level of consciousness. And I'd just like you to talk about what happened to you over that six-week period and how that sort of changed your life. Yeah, so um, I, I remember, you know, saying goodbye to my wife at the airport and it just seemed all a bit crazy just to leave everything and everyone, but it was just like such a strong calling to go and um, and just challenge myself in a way that I was kind of craving. Um, I'd heard a lot about, you know, just self-development work and I hadn't really experience it too much before then and i just felt like you know if i give myself the opportunity to be by myself and have um you know time and space to reflect on my life but also potentially learn about my life and uh, what's possible that would be a very valuable thing and so in going there um you know meeting some great teachers doing some great meditations uh, doing lots of yoga talking with great people i mean i was in dharamsala so i was up north it was the foothills of the himalayas i was in a little town called bagsu and um you know beautiful tibetan people around you know walking around in robes and there just was this sense of peace and calm and um i remember going there and i just like bought all my running gear and i was running around and i was doing training sessions mm -hmm. and um you know learning learning percussion um drummer and uh, i was just learning from people there and and then i just got introduced to different teachings and different philosophies and different practices and at some point something did stick and um and it's been a practice that i've taken on for the last 11 years and uh, it's really kind of prepared me for, for aspects of my life that i didn't see coming at the time um and we can definitely chat about that but th that journey was just about learning to be comfortable with my my thoughts my emotions my sensations and just not feel that i am being mastered by them or um a victim to them and um that really opens me up to how much i had been a victim and how much i had been mastered by it and um and this just opened me up to just more freedom more relaxation and more comfortability to be uncomfortable which we've spoken about numerous times already but that's changed my life so dramatically and um as i said just prepared me for you know, the unpredictabilities of life and every day feels like it's unpredictable. Um, and I think my journey over the last uh, years has really kind of shown me like the strength of the practice and uh, being able to face really um, challenging circumstances. So I'm grateful for that time. I never thought it was going to stick. I never thought I was going to continue practicing, but I just made it a habit and made it a practice and remained disciplined and had great support and I just kept showing up to the practice and that's kind of what I what I did from day one when I started um, doing exercise and playing footy. I just remember being outside in the backyard, kicking the footy up to myself just relentlessly and it was like the more times I did it, the better I got, the more instinctive it became. So I used that kind of mindset, mindset technology when it came to 
anything practical, especially a meditation practice, which was just about the more it's practiced, the more it becomes innate. Jup, it's called. A jup means repeat. Repeat, repeat, mm-hmm. repeat. Everything follows. It becomes, uh, you know, uh, part of you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we, we need to do, that repetition consistently, whether that be settling the mind, meditation, movement, whatever it may be. It just helps you understand yourself a bit better, I guess. And uh, um, having that discipline is really important. So, so what was the practice that you're actually learning or the lineage that you're, uh, you're involved in at the time? Do you remember? Yeah, so it's just a, a very simple short moment practice, short moments of relaxing body and mind, which means that it was just very practical. I could take it with me when I was in relationship with my wife and my parents and my friends and, you know, all experiences when there's just like that reaction, as you mentioned before, just reacting to circumstances, reacting to things outside of ourselves, reacting to, you know, my inner world and just seeing how like I'm always just reacting, reacting, reacting. And Mm. this just gave me an opportunity to just press reset, relax and just see naturally what comes from just taking a moment and taking a pause and just saying, wow, like the, the, the language just started to change. Um, the desires start to change too and uh, it's just a daily practice now and I think every day there's many triggers um, so it means there's many opportunities to practice. Mm, Absolutely yeah I've been really grateful um, with my journey I I do what's called sadhana every morning so that's that's meditation and then some form of movement Um, you know my yoga because I'm sort of not involved um, uh, in a community which is practicing regularly, uh, I still do some uh, physical practice of yoga, but but you know that that two-hour practice in the morning is is usually physical activity, so running, you know, moving the body a certain way. I'm turning fifty soon, so I need to be able to, you know, learn to move my body a bit a bit better. Uh, I think I can really thrive. I don't have any physical issues. Um, you know, my body works well, but I think I can get more out of it if I just. Uh, get uh, involved in a practice which is really nourishing for my body and mind at the present time. So uh, yeah. I find I find moving the body, uh, you know, for an hour will give me a chance to settle into meditation better. A lot of um, a lot of uh, um, you know ancient wisdoms um, like uh, transcendental meditation and so forth. Uh, they always say you know do your meditation first and then move your body second, but. I find some days that works for me, other days it doesn't, and I just I just think it's it's what what actually works for the individual and what's going on in their life, which uh, helps them find that sense of balance and calm again. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and like you said, like everyone's so unique, and um, it's just important to find what works for you and just be really committed to it, and also just the recognition that. Sometimes we just don't feel like doing it and it's about relying on a habit that's being built rather than the motivation because motivation ebbs and flows, it's elusive, it's not, it's not always constant but you know, the discipline, that, that approach has really worked for me um, and just, just showing up regardless and especially like physical training as well, it's just like putting myself in that position to just start is all I need for the work to begin um so i think it's just showing up is so crucial that that's always been cut by mantra is just to regularly and consistently show up yeah absolutely yeah that's it if you can do that early in the morning you know the, the ambrosial hours between sort of three and six a.m when when the world's at peace you know everything's quiet <laughs> and uh, you can get uh get in tune with yourself and in tune with uh with nature i suppose i find that to be the, <laughs> the, the prime time for me but daniel it's really interesting um 
with regards to what you've said there, I think, you know, we, we're all put into a box here in Western cultures, like one size fits all, and, and it's not the case. Like our, our, our emotional capacity, our mental capacity, um, our physical capabilities are all different, but coming through school, we're all sort of conditioned to do the same thing and we're judged on that. Um, and, uh, you know, we're all different. That's why I think we've got so much imbalance with our mental well-being in, um, in, in modern times because we're just sort of expected to do things a certain way. And the term anxiety and depression may be relevant, but really everyone's different. If we're sort of following a pathway which is not aligned with us and these things will sort of come up and they'll say to us, well, hey, hang on, something's not right here. And we've got to look, look at readdressing and reframing that to, to get ourselves back into rhythm again. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is exactly my experience for the first 28 years of my life, just very much following what other people were doing and what was set out before me and what everyone wanted for me. And I, I just followed it without questioning. But I feel like possibly that anxiety, and I, I wouldn't have labelled it that at the time, but that intensity and that feeling, it just became so overwhelming that I, I just recognised like I had to do something about it. Mm. Uh, I had to make a change and I had to just trust that if I did that, um, you know, all will just naturally unfold as it's meant to. And, um, and, and it served me really well. And um, it's been really uncomfortable. And I've had to fight a lot of ridicule and backlash for some of the decisions I've made from some people. And that's just been part of the journey as well. But um, yeah, I just find that it's made me stronger. It's made me more settled. And and I think that that's what we're all kind of searching for and craving for. And sometimes we just need support. And um, like I said, you know, I was really lucky that my, my wife, who I'd, I've been with for a, for a very long time, had seen me in kind of all aspects of my life. And she just was, you know, a real backbone when it came to just considering, you know, how I spend my time and how I spend my energy and what, what do I love to do? And I was just going through an internal process of that, but uh, I could never find the answer. And so sharing it aloud was quite, um, it was liberating. It was quite scary, but it's just been constantly giving and fueling me the more that I open up. And um, I'm just so grateful for that because I just never would have expected it out of myself. Mm, absolutely, mate. It's good, good to hear. Um, you, know, you sort of had that awakening and, uh, and and picked up that maturity from that experience. But getting getting onto the subject of fatherhood, um, I know you, you had a, a bit of a challenging time. Um, was it with your first child that um, that unfortunately passed away uh, um, quite early on? And um, I'd just like you to. I know it's a it's a touchy thing, but I'd like you to. Give us a bit of a, an idea of, of how that was for you and, and, and how you sort of moved through that moment in time and, and sort of how you've recovered and responded from, um, from, from that experience. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, any time I even say my son's name, his name was Bodhi. Um, you know, I'm just looking right now, I just get goosebumps and, and my heart starts to race and... Um, yeah. It's um, it's really like an honour to, to be able to share his name and speak about him and um, and yeah I'd be really happy to just share uh, that journey. Um, it was 2016. Uh, Bodhi was born on December 17th and um, it was a, a beautiful experience that my wife and I had with him and uh, all was going well for for the first two days and um, I remember on the second day. 
Um, it was about 6am and um, we were told, you know, we're going to have to take Bodie to the, the children's hospital. We just want to run some tests um, and see how things are going with his uh, his bowels and his stomach and intestines. And, um, and so we were rushed in an ambulance from St Vincent's to the children's hospital and it was quite emotional but we weren't clear on what was happening and um, we were just kind of learning as we go and people giving us information um, as it was coming to hand and we we both had this idea that this was just a, a short-term stay and uh, all would be well and um, you know essentially that stay lasted uh, seven weeks uh, we ended up living at the children's hospital and we spent every every day with him which was absolutely amazing and of course we weren't clear in the first few weeks even um, what was going to happen we were in constant dialogue of course with the doctors and the nurses and everyone was just completely wonderful and offering us um, all the support we could we could ask for and all the information we could want but um, I, I remember distinctly um, a walk with with the crew there that were looking after him taken into a, a small room and um, you know that my heart's beating now as it was then and Romy and I are together holding each other and you know hoping for some good results after some tests and I remember the doctor saying to us um, that uh, they feared for his life at that point and I just bring that up because that was one of the most traumatic things to hear and um, it um, you know, pushed us to start considering that he might not live. Mm. And that that was always something that was was there, but it wasn't spoken of. And that brought it to light that that was possible. And yet there was still going to be many tests done and many uh, solutions to consider. And, um, and I, I just remember also just throughout that journey after that uh, conversation, for the rest of the remainder of his time at the children's hospital and his life, um, Romy and myself and our brothers and sisters um, and family just got involved to try and find solutions on the phone to doctors and practitioners all over the world trying to find a solution. And it was amazing how interested and invested people were to help us and to give us an opportunity to learn. Um, day and night, it, it was just phenomenal um, how open people were to helping and that was one of the great takeaways of the experience but unfortunately after seven weeks um, we, we were able to actually take Bodhi home to spend the last few days of his life together in our home and I, I just distinctly remember just carrying him with us to all the rooms of our little apartment and I remember taking him into the room that we were, just, we were going to set up for him um, and just saying this was going to be your room and that was when I, I really had my first breakdown experience of just recognising that that wasn't going to be the case and mm. he wouldn't live there and he physically won't be with us. And um, and it was really powerful to take him home and spend those last few days together in our home because we had that comfort of just taking care of him and mm. being with him and also taking when he took his last breath, he was in bed with myself and, and Romy and um, it was it was beautifully heartbreaking and uh, I reflect on that moment every day and uh, reflect on his life every day and um, 
it fuels Romy and me and, and countless others in our life and our community um, because he lived seven and a half amazing weeks with a bright smile on his face and fierce determination and commitment and, and a little fire in all of us. Um, but he he didn't survive and um, and that was a, a really tough, tough period. And, um, you know, living, living at the hospital was so unique in itself because we just were always available and always present. But we also got great support from people that wanted to be with him as well and have a relationship with him during his lifespan. So it gave us an opportunity also to just be together, go for walks. Uh, I speak about this a lot. But I, I still did my best to train most days because it was a great release and um, and just do all the practices that I do with body and mind because I knew that that's what I needed to lean on to get through this experience and um, I'm grateful I did and um, and, and Romy too just prioritised taking care of herself and it just meant that we could be fully present and energetic when we were with Bodhi which was a lot of the day but also you know we just needed to replenish and refuel and um, living at the hospital is quite a quite an experience and um, yeah I just reflect on that that journey and just getting 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 through it and uh, and then of course learning to deal with loss and grief which I still feel like I'm learning and discovering aspects that just keep on announcing themselves spontaneously and well I mean I could go off in so many tangents about the journey but um, you know a, a lot in the last so it's been four and a half years now um, a lot of the decisions that have come from then have really stemmed from how to keep Bodhi's memory alive and legacy alive and um, and that's really how in my experience Hero the work that we're doing now was really born is uh, being able to help people who are going through challenging circumstances and it's all relative and it's all experiential you know based on what we individually experience and um, if we can contribute our experiences to other people's lives to help them through a tough challenge it just feels like for me it honors Bodhi and his life and keeps his memory alive for, for myself and for Romy. And um, I'm just grateful that that's kind of how things have evolved because uh, the early days, weeks and months, even years after his his life, um, yeah, it was, it was a struggle. And, um, and so I'm still learning to navigate grief and, and maybe I always will. And so it's just one day at a time. Mm, mate, thank you so much for sharing that. Um... Geez, a few things had come to me there uh, while, while you were speaking. And look, it would have been yeah, really, really, really challenging to, to, to sort of know, um, you know, that there was going to be an outcome when you've got this new new child. And um, yeah, you, you, you've managed it so beautifully. But you know, I suppose at the same time, you've beautifully managed yourself. And I believe the, the, the self-discipline practices that you, that you had uh, already ingrained in your life helped you through that um, to be able to to, work, to to come back to that sense of uh, connection every day with yourself to help you uh, understand um, that everything will be okay and to be able to move through it positively because we can quite quickly go to the negative mind and the negative mind will take us to um, moments of feeling um, you know uncertain depressed all those sorts of things which i'm sure you know popped up and still pop up but you know having that that routine and that that regularity um 
um, it was probably a real gift for you uh, to be able to get through that period and, and beyond. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um, I think, as I was saying before, just prepared for things to come and we just never know what's going to come. And, of course, I could never have known, you know, in 2010 that, you know, the practices that I was bringing into my life were going to be present and available and something I was invested in when I needed it most and um, that was like that preparation and uh, yeah it was it was amazing to have that and to rely on that and use that support um, when I was going through it and, and of course it wasn't always available sometimes the emotions just got too overwhelming sometimes the sadness and heartbreak was um, too overwhelming and I remember in the early days you know not wanting to really leave home and not wanting to socialize and mm. it was hard to get myself up for many things and and then there was also the support to just you know allow that and uh, not try to make it look a certain way and um and i just feel like that that's you know grief it's so unpredictable and uh just never know when it's going to come and how it's going to feel and mm. you know the quality of it's definitely changed but um it, it's definitely something i'm learning to um to explore and to live with and um and now more and more i feel like if i can kind of use that energy to contribute um it's really satisfying and fulfilling for me and um and if it can contribute to someone else then again like i said like it just keeps Bodie so alive and uh, i've got photos of him up all over our house and in the office and on my phone just to remind me of the preciousness of life and um and just you know being able to get through challenging circumstances because what he had to go through was um you know overwhelming and um and I, I learned from that because he was smiling and got great videos of him smiling and interacting and and uh, it's just so wonderful to have all that to um to support us and when i say us you know like our family now we're, we're fortunate we've had a few kids after Bodie and um and even just to share there um you know there were there were miscarriages along the way and um it hasn't been an easy journey and um but it's still been you know part of part of the experience and part of our life and um and you know that that's that's what it is for us and uh, you know we've all got our challenges and um, unique experiences of life and I don't think anything is ever linear and uh, our, our experience has been yeah <laughs> a good testament to that and um, yeah so we're just really dedicated to bring his memory into all aspects of our lives and bring his his life into our daughter's lives as well and they say who's Bodie and mm. not who's Bodie what where's Bodie you know in the sky looking all over us and being with us and in our hearts and and it's just really emotional to do it, but it's so important to do. And, um, and going to the cemetery and spending time there and, and um, yeah, just being with him in, in our ways and learning to be with him more and more in, in, in new ways. And, um, yeah, so many people are facing this as well. And uh, going to a bereavement group and learning from other people's grief stories has been helpful. And um, I think that's just the power of sharing and uh, being vulnerable um yeah i just um yeah hope that you know I, my, my story can help impact another person's life and Bodhi's life can help impact countless people's lives mm. 
mate. Really grateful. Um, I I just had so much emotion sort of come up while you were while you were talking talking there, and um, uh, he's 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 part of your family, you know. Um, although he's not with us in physical body, he's <clears throat> he's part of your family, and um, uh, you know your your daughters will will, will grow up with that uh, knowing and knowledge and so forth as they. As they you know get older and evolve, and, and that will be really powerful for them to actually realise the, the 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 I suppose the the simplicity and the beauty of life, and how how you know fragile but also beautiful it actually is. And we 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 get distracted with all the rubbish in life. Um, when you come back home to feeling, uh, you know what it's all about, then you you start to be a bit more grateful. And it's hard to do with all the distractions that we have, but. I know for me, people in my family that have passed away, I've got um, <clears throat> got really um, <clears throat> really grounded by just going and sitting near their graves, and, <laughs> and it just gives you a chance to um, to 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 you know just just you know reset, I guess, and uh, and and just you know really start to 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 realise that a lot of the, the things that we get sort of caught up and swept up in 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 life are, are not really that important and essential you know mm, yeah yeah absolutely i i too love being at the cemetery um i just feel very connected there and um yeah it's a, it's a beautiful space to just reflect on on his life and just on life i think that's what you were alluding to there just the preciousness of it and to do what we love i mean it can very easily you know get lost in intellectualizing this but um there, there is this you know power of, of of loss and grief and um and how that can really impact how i live and we live and uh and it's also a practice you know i mean i just remind ourselves of that um, and just the preciousness of, preciousness of being present with our kids, um, like so grateful for that opportunity. It's like, I, I guess, from having the experience with Bodhi, it's like there are always moments where I fear for their life and maybe that's just because of what we went through. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't um, indulge that with them, but it comes up for me quite often. It just makes me, you know, it inspires me to to just be as like present as I possibly can. And it's not always easy because it's so distracting. Mm. There are so many distractions out yeah. there. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm always trying new things and, and learning about different ways and also just like how I relate and how I interact with, you know, my surroundings because, um, yeah, it's just what can I contribute to them and how can I give them, you know, all this energy and, and love that I have. And, and I wanted to give so much of that to Bodhi, and when that was taken away, it was two years of like really struggling to know how to use that energy. And so, just to have that opportunity now to bestow that love on these beautiful young girls is um, oh, it's so so amazing. I feel yeah. so lucky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's taken your awareness to another level. <clears throat> look at look at what's happened, you know, to humanity. You went to India, you saw people living, you know, in pure union with, with what they're meant to be doing in life. They're not dominated by all the things that we are out here in Western society. And until white men arrived here, you know, people were living in, in harmony and in peace and, and in rhythm with life. We've, we've been so distracted away from that. We've been so distracted away from, you know, the, 
the, the, the, the, the higher levels of consciousness, you know, which are, you know, compassion, gratitude, kindness, and that's been overcome by greed, guilt, shame, fear, all those sorts of things which we, we get entrapped in. But, you know, going and doing the simple things, um, you know, really being present with your kids and enjoying that and that connection, it's so hard to get back to sometimes because of all the noise that goes on. And, um, you know, we're, we're meant to be living more from the heart and we're sort of dominated from the mind too much. The mind's a, a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master uh, at the same time. You know, I guess if we can just be more um, heart-based with what we're doing, and that's the feeling you get when you're interacting with your kids and the mind's sort of dominating, you know, to be there for fear of danger and all those sorts of things. But I guess, you know, yeah, that that's how I think we can really change as men as and as humans is to be more heart-based, you know, leaders. So whether that be a leader uh, of a family um, or a workplace or, you know, doing what you're doing with regards to helping others, um, if you can do that more from that sense of connection rather than ego and those sorts of things, then that's where we can start to, you know, really, really change it and get back to more alignment and, and feeling, um, you know, in joy, which is the way we're meant to be uh, as humans, mm-hmm. I, I guess. We're meant to be, you know, really really living, um, you know, a balanced, calm, relaxed life and, and our, 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 our calmness is being distracted by all the noise in modern society. So we're just going to, you know, come back to base consistently and the symmetry feeling will give you that. Um, the meditation will mm-hmm. give you that. And that, that's really the importance of, of, of what it's all about, to know that there's an undercurrent underneath all the bullshit which, which seems to dominate us in, in modern life. Yeah, that's really well said. And um, I think with the work that we're doing now, starting to just recognise like how many, and I'm speaking specifically to the male demographic because I'm, that's the space that we're working in, um, this, this real yearning and craving to open up and to share. Um, there's a lot of silent suffering going on and I know that in my own life too. And mm-hmm. when there's this opportunity to just share, um, it feels more and more people will take up that opportunity um, because there's a lot that's being held in and held back and, uh, and it can be quite crippling and paralysing. Mm. And so uh, I just see there is greater and greater opening and openness now and, um, and I think it's a really exciting time. I think there's, there's lots of great things that are going to come from living from this heart space as you speak of. Mm. Yeah, that, that's right. We're at a really pivotal moment um, in humanity uh, where people are starting to reassess things and uh, I guess a lot of the things that we've been distracted by, um, um, we're we're starting to sort of take our power back now a little bit and starting to really, really see what it is in life that we we, we truly want underneath um, all the the domination of what life's expecting of us and um, being a father is you know not easy um, in, in many ways but it should be easy because we we can support each other now and we can give guidance and, and acknowledgement and encouragement and those sorts of things whereas once upon a time that is probably still relevant it was you know fend for yourself and don't be weak and don't speak up about things and all that and um, oh, I guess you know you and I having this this chat is is really important because it's helping people understand that um, it's okay to discuss your feelings and emotions and you know not everyone is 
certainly gone through the challenges that you've been able to you know, uh, go through and uh, move through, but for you to be able to to do what you're doing now and come from that space of lived experience where you've been through a, you know, a, a really um, uh, difficult period of your life to, to move forward and, and, and you know, use uh, that, 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 uh, that period to be able to springboard into uh, a higher level of consciousness and be able to use um, your time with Bodhi as such a, a special gift uh, to be able to keep him with you consistently uh, but also to be able to help others that may have um, experienced the same thing or, or fathers that do have you know, their own children to be really grateful for that because we do seem to uh, get swept up into taking fatherhood for granted and we get caught in the, the work um, situation, losing sleep, all the things that go along with, uh, with being a dad and then you know our physical bodies start to suffer and our mental health starts to suffer. But I really think you've got a really great gift Paul to be able to help other other guys to you know really cherish and acknowledge um, the moments in time that they're going through and help them stay on track to to be better uh, men but also better fathers and everyone else uh, around them will benefit from that yeah yeah that's beautifully put because w- when we ask questions especially to our, our community and and guys that are in the program like what's what are your what are your priorities what's most essential for your life and it, it always goes back to family mm. uh, like being at the top of the list and sometimes we just need the reminder that that's what's most important that that's like an essential part of our lives and just saying that and announcing that just also has the impact to like make a change um, especially if we're just being dominated by by work or by things that take us away from what's most important. And so that's like almost the number one question is like, you know, what's most important to you? And it just always comes down to like wanting to spend time at home, wanting to be with my kids, wanting to be present at home. Um, and it's just like, okay, great. That's the starting point. Now, how do we just like develop some work to get you to prioritize that and make that a daily commitment? And it's just like people love that because that's just what they want to do. Mm. So like you said, take the power back and um, go go back to what you love to do and ask. And like that's a question I often ask myself, like, what do I love to do? And am I in line with doing that? And, um, and bringing that to our community has been very rewarding and um, – and just makes it easy then to just make a decision. It's like, well, this is what I love to do and this is what's most important. So mm. why am I not doing that? It's almost harder to not do it than to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely, it is. We, we seem to, yeah, we, we seem to lose focus on, on, on the important things. We get sort of distracted <laughs> on all these tangents which take us away from that. And um, yeah, I will, I, look, I, you and I will have another conversation another time about my, my own uh, journey with my children and so forth as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it's funny how life evolves and unfolds and so forth. And I guess if you can treat every day um, with curiosity, um, if you have kids, then everything will be a surprise. And, um, you know, we, we get dominated by the negative stuff. Uh, but if you can actually, like, be really curious as a father to how, you know, your, your son or daughter is evolving and, and really watch and notice that, uh, then your life will sort of come back into balance, I think, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. So, yeah, it's been amazing to, to chat with you and um, I would love to hear about your journey too. <laughs> oh, mate, we, we'll go on for hours about that one, but um, we, 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 we better, uh, we better uh, tidy this one up and... Uh, 
Mate, I'd like, uh, I'd like uh, some listeners to reach out to you. Um, how, what's the best way to get hold of you if they, they want to follow you uh, on social media or touch base with you um, to maybe get some advice and education around helping them as fathers and also um, you know, maybe improving, improving their physical fitness and so forth as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so people can find us on Instagram at Hero Dad Life. Uh, we're also got a, a, a private Facebook group for dads called the Art of Healthy Dads. Uh, we're, we're closing in on a thousand members there, which is amazing. Um, and our website, which is hero.cm, um, check out some of the work that we do there. Plus, if you wanted to schedule a, a chat with me and uh, love to just help out wherever I can and share some um possible insights and solutions for any kind of challenges that someone's facing. Um, yes, yeah, so I would say that would be the best places to find the work that we're doing. Beautifully done, mate. Uh, really, uh, really grateful for your time, conversation, your bravery to discuss your um, your fatherhood experience and, and all the good and uh, so forth that's come from um, Buddy's life and also you know, what you're doing as a dad, but also, um, you know, within uh, your own uh, community to be able to help inspire others and, and, and help them to become more conscious, connected fathers. And, geez, mate, I wish you were around Thank when I, so I was much. a new dad. I would have loved, I would have loved to have had someone <laughs> like there supporting me, you know. So I, I just think it's an investment if anyone wants to, you know, to, to reach out to you uh, to, to maybe look at, you know, doing things that can help them because, it's not mm-hmm. easy. We, we, we sometimes can't do it on our own and just to have a, a mentor or a guide is, is really, uh, really, really important. So I really, I'm, I'm grateful for your time, Dan. Thank you so much, Aaron. That was awesome. Appreciate the opportunity. Guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed that pretty powerful, deep conversation. Um, very emotional for me <laughs> at some points. Dan um, you know, really fearlessly uh, shared his, his story there. Um, you know, there's so much that come from that with regards to following his intuition, you know, going and learning a bit more about himself, being vulnerable uh, and open to, to doing that, um, finding discomfort and, and being comfortable in that as well. Um, yeah, if we always stay in our comfort zone, we don't grow. And that opportunity he took years ago helped him grow and expand his, uh, his awareness. Um, obviously, you know, losing his son, um, has had a profound effect on his life, but his uh, structure and self-awareness uh, and, and belief uh, was help, able to help him through that. So it was really beautiful to hear him um, you know, share that, that journey with us and, and everything that's come from that as well. So I really, really encourage you to, to touch base with him if you're a father or you know someone that is a, a father or a new father that can get some support from, from him. Um, I just think it's so valuable and such a great uh, opportunity because it'll not only help you as a, as a dad, but also help you as an individual. So please chase them up um, and, uh, yeah, certainly look them up on on, on, face, on on social media. I think on Facebook was The Art of Healing Dads, uh, the closed group, and also on um, Instagram, Hero Dad Life. So, yeah, if you'd like to touch base with me, I really appreciate your feedback support at backmind.com.au, the website at backmind.com.au, which will hopefully be up and running with the new site in the next few days. The old one's still there, but it's cool. Everything's on there. So 
Appreciate your support. Thank you. Uh, some more awesome guests coming on soon. But yeah, I hope you really enjoyed uh, conversation with Dan. Thank you.